Well, welcome to 2024, and welcome back to the Bible for Business broadcast. It's so good to have you here. I appreciate you giving us your time and watching, and hopefully there's some value here, right? My whole purpose of doing these is to help you scale up your business, deepen your walk with the Lord, and nurture your family, right? And we're going to cover all of those topics. But unlike some of the other stuff I do, which is, you know, sales, marketing, HR, recruitment, those kind of trainings, this one is just plundering the depths of scripture and pulling some knowledge out that is relevant for the marketplace believer so that you can deepen that walk with the Lord. But this year, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to kind of recalibrate and reset at the start of 2024. I don't know about you, but 2023 for us was hectic right? Lots of travel, lots of events, lots of new initiatives. And uh, and it was real momentum that we've brought into 2024. So, you know, this year is going to be epic. And if you haven't already got your tickets to the Kingdom Business Summit 2024, then there is still some left. We're over 80% sold, so you'd have to move quickly. Essentially, it's a two and a half day event. We've got John Bevere coming. We've got Bob Hassan coming over from the US. Um, we've got a couple of local speakers, and it's two and a half days of worship, networking. We're just learning business in an immersion environment, and uh, and it's an incredible way to basically, you know, get that whole year started. So it's in March. It's in Brisbane. If you can get there, you should, uh, because it'll be life changing. Two and a half days. This is our eleventh year of the Kingdom Business Summit, and we have people that have been there the whole eleven years because they get that much value. So. Um, to find out more, go to kingdombusiness.global, kingdombusiness.global. And if you can make it, it'd be wonderful to see you there. All right. What I want to talk to you about this time is making 2024 the year of encounters, actually chasing and going after encounters with God. You know, because obviously we anybody that's saved has had an encounter with God, right? Because you weren't saved, then you were. And that's awesome. That's probably the best encounter you could ever have. But once you're saved, if you never go back and have an encounter, like like how deep can you possibly have your walk with the Lord, right? And so, but I do think that there are ways that you can live that will foster more encounters. And so we're going to talk into that and we're going to look at, you know, one of the most amazing encounters in scripture um, and, and, and kind of draw a parallel between what that means in the scripture and what it means for you in the marketplace. But the premise here is that you don't want to settle for a Christianity or a faith where you can't pursue and see more of the character of God. You you want to have a walk with the Lord where you get to, you know, you have to lean on him and you have to see more of him. And, you know, he's got 28 names in scripture, right? Or more, but 28 very clear names, you know, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, right? And they all mean a different facet of his nature. And so what encounters do, and you know, a life that needs encounters is you get to see more of the character of God as you walk through your life. And that can only ever add to it, right? And every single time you experience a new part of God's character, it literally leaves you in more awe than you had before, right? So 2024, why don't we just make the decision that this year is a year that we're going to pursue and position ourselves for encounters, all right? Let me pray for you quickly. Lord Jesus, we just come before you at the start of the year, um, and we're super grateful, Lord. Uh, We're super grateful for the things that you did in our life last year, both the things that we saw and the things that we didn't. And we have huge faith and anticipation, Lord, for the year ahead. We know you've got great things for us because there are promises in Scripture that say so, and we want to step into everything you've got for us this year. 
Uh, Father, we want to be a year of encounters. We want to position ourselves in such a way that we have to encounter what you. We want to pursue more of you, see more of you, learn more of you. We want to know the hidden things of the kingdom. We want to search them out. And to do that, we're going to walk in continual encounter with you. Jesus, we just commit the whole year to you. Amen. There are some encounters in Scripture. Like, I mean, you can't read this book and get through three pages without bumping into another encounter, whether whether man encounters God or God encounters man, however that looks. But it's just basically a book of encounters, right? And and so it'd be very hard to read more than three pages of scripture and see God as a faraway God, right? He, like he, he wants to be here engaged in our life two way, like, you know, us leaning more on him and, and him showing up more in our lives. Okay. So the premise is that there's lots of encounters, but I want to pick on a couple just for fun, right? I, I really like the encounter in um in Daniel three, where we read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And and they, you know, the story, right? They they get thrown in the fire. They get, they get the lion's den, but they get the fire, you know, and, and obviously they come out unscathed because as the song says, there's another in the fire. And I love that story. In fact, the bit that I love the most is the evil men who threw them in actually died. So ironically, the evil men that threw them in, it was so hot that they died, right? But the three boys didn't. Right. That, I mean, that's a wonderful encounter where you're like, I will not bow down to the false God. And it doesn't really matter what you throw at us because we're going to be fine because, you know, the God of, you know, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is looking after us. Right. That's a wonderful encounter. I really like the encounter in Acts 6 where Paul and Silas are in prison. Right. <clears throat> you know, and there's a violent earthquake. Right. Like like of all things uh, to get out of that prison, there's a violent earthquake. Um, you know, and then the chains come loose and, and they walk out, right? It's a pretty cool encounter. Obviously, in Luke 8, we read about the woman with the issue of blood, and that's a wonderful encounter because it was her faith that healed her. Uh, you know, like, it's funny because she lived somewhere away away. She'd had this problem for so long that she purposed in her heart, I'm going to do something about this. And she raised her level of faith and said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be okay. You know, because there's so many Christians today that sit back in their armchair and it's like, well, you know, if God really wanted to find me and heal me, he would, you know, or, you know, there's just these miserable Christians who run a passive life who are like... I don't need to go to that meeting to go and find God. God can, you know, come to my lounge room. I, I don't need a preacher. To, I, I don't, you know, and so they live this passive life where they just sit there and get all miserable and angry about God. It's like, but that's not what that woman did. That woman decided to get up out of her misery and out of her situation and go and find Jesus in a physical place and go and barge through the crowds who are pressing him and go and touch his garment. There's many things to that encounter which are beautiful, but it's like, Many people touched him in the moment she touched him. She, this wasn't a one-off person that just grabbed the hem of his garment because he says, who touched me to the disciples? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, everybody's pressing you. He's like, no, 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 no. There was one that was different. And what was the different? If she activated her faith because he says it was your faith that healed you. So it's a wonderful encounter, right? And 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 if you read that and you need healing in your body right now, you've you know you've got to find your version of that and activate your faith that you're going to get healed, and then go and position yourself to be able to go and get healed. All right? God's not a respecter of person. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So what He did for her will do for you. Sure, it may look different, right? Like a, a lot, all of His healings did look different. If you need healing, by the way, and you're listening to this, you know you've got a purpose in your heart at the start that you need the faith to say that God heals and He wants to heal you. And he may do it differently to how you want it to happen, but you've got to have that purpose in your heart that he wants to heal you, and he will. Um, you know, one of my favorite encounters um, 
is in Matthew where it comes time to the you know pay the temple tax, <clears throat> and um, uh, you know him and Peter are walking along, and he's like, oh, you know, we've got this tax bill coming up, and Jesus says, yeah, it won't be a problem. Go and you know go fishing, and um, and and the first fish will have two coins in its mouth, and use those to pay your temple tax and mine. And I, I, as a business person, I'm still waiting for the Lord to show me how I can, uh, how He can cover my taxes, so that I don't have to. Because uh, if you're in business, you know that taxes are your biggest expense you'll ever have. So <clears throat> I'm still waiting for that one. And um, you know, a, and another encounter that's not in the scripture uh, was in 2004. Right in 2004, I was this young, angry person, confused. You know, had unforgiveness. I had all the things that, you know, I guess you typically have when you don't know Christ. And in 2004, this young girl was bold enough to say to me one day, you should come to church. And I thought about it for 30 seconds and I thought, well, I'll probably hate it, but I'll at least go and rule it out. And um, and I went and, uh, and, and my life changed from that night. I walked into church. I could feel a manifest presence that was absolutely beautiful. I met people that wanted to know me without wanting something from me. Um, and, uh, and I heard them talking about this compelling love that I was drawn to. And, uh, and it, you know, that started a radical life change for me and, and it's an encounter, right? And, and I could, I could tell you hundreds and hundreds more, uh, in my life and, and maybe I will over time, but these are all encounters that, that really, really matter. The encounter that I want to pull from scripture today though, <clears throat> is in Acts 3, right? Acts 3. And, um, and it's where Peter heals a lame beggar. I love this story. Basically, I'm going to run through it, and then we're going to go back and pull some stuff out of it. And as I pull things out of it, I want to make it relevant to you as a marketplace leader. So let's go. <clears throat> Acts 3.1 says this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. That's a pretty smart place to go beg, right? Go, go and hang out, you know, outside the temple where the people are most likely to be convicted, you know, about compassion and, and justice and mercy and things like that. So smart, right? When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taken in by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. You know, I think it's absolutely beautiful. Before we get into the details of the scripture, do you remember Jesus sent everybody out two by two, but he said, do not take any money because of encounters like this. See, what's what's so cool here is that this guy asks for money, but they don't got none. So now, because what would have happened if they had money? They would have gone, here's some coins. Let's Let's get into prayer, right? You know, let's go to the temple. But they had, they couldn't, they couldn't look after him in that way, right? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. So they were forced to rely on the supernatural provision of heaven instead of a natural provision of man, 
right? And when we do that, we're going to see far more encounters than when we rely on a world system to fix our problems. I just find that to be a beautiful part of the story because, you know, you know, uh, for us in 2024 who live in very prosperous countries and in very prosperous states, it's very easy for us to fix things financially when actually to have an encounter, sometimes you need to fix things spiritually. And, and, and we can almost buy off uh, some of the challenges in our life and some of the needs that arise in our life. And in buying them off, we can miss out on a supernatural encounter. If that was good, put something in the comments wherever you're reading this. If you thought that really popped for you, then put something in the comments. I want some engagement from you. All right, I'm gonna run through three basic lessons from the scripture. All right, here's the first one. You need to expect encounters. You need to expect encounters. You need to expect them. As a redeemed believer that lives you know, in the world but not of the world, who is a citizen of heaven but happens to be living here for their life, as that person, you need to expect that you know, heaven uh, invades earth, right? And, and, and you, can, you can cry out to heaven and heaven's going to come here. You need to be the kind of person that expects encounters in your life, okay? So, you need, so lesson number one is, expect encounters but here's the thing don't expect the encounter to look like how you expected it right so just to make it really complex you need to expect encounters but don't expect the encounter to look like how you expected it i'll say it again because it's quite confusing you need to expect encounters but don't expect the encounter to look like how you expected it right Let, let's let's see what exactly what i mean all right, so if we go back to Acts 3, 5, it says, um, when the man saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. So he's asked for money, and now he's expecting right, what he asked for. But Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give you, right? In the name of Jesus Christ, you know, walk. Love it. For us, it's like, you know, you, you need to expect um, an encounter, but, but don't be upset when the encounter doesn't look like what you expected it to look like. You know, you start of 2024, you know, are you expecting an encounter? You know, what does that look like for you? What, what are you expecting? Do, do, do you really want the Lord to come through and and bring you far more customers than you had before, fine, he can do that. He can make all grace abound towards you. You know, are you are you expecting an encounter with your team? Do you do you want to see your team explode? Do you want to see do you want to see your team, you know, come together in a in a more refined way? That's awesome. They're all encounters. So you can have that expectation, right, that your team are going to encounter God. Or you, you know, your customers are going to encounter God or you know or, or God's going to break through and, and come through in some way in your business. You could you should have that expectation. And as you're pursuing it, just don't be upset when something wildly different happens, all right? Because that's the hallmark of heaven. You know, we read another story about a person who cries out and, and Jesus spits in his eye. Like, that's not what he was expecting. He got what he was expecting because he got healed, but he didn't, it didn't happen in the way that he was expecting it. So as you're going about the year and you're writing your plans down for how it is, it's great for you to, you know, expect God to move in your business, but just don't be upset when you when the you know when the encounter looks different to what you expected you need to diligently seek him or diligently seek the encounter at the same time as staying wide enough to be able to spot how he's going to show up right 
you know, because people can get so fixated on the way that they want the encounter to work that they completely miss out on the encounter or they miss out on the real encounter of something that takes place on the outside. I mean, I'm talking like countless times in my life when I've wanted to grow like more customers, for example, for our businesses. As I'm pursuing my strategy, God brings something out of left and right field that blows my mind, right? It's like, but I was pursuing what I wanted and the, and the encounter came from something. But I have also found that when I'm doing nothing and I'm being apathetic and I'm being lazy, then there's no, there's nothing coming from left field. There is no encounter, right? It's almost like there is a reward for those that diligently seek him, right? And so, but, but it may not look like how you want it to look like, right? So pursue the encounter, but don't be upset when the encounter doesn't look like how you expected the encounter to look. Point number two, for this year to be a year of encounters, we have to position ourselves. We have to position ourselves geographically to have an encounter. The woman with the issue of blood had to get up from where she lived and go into the city, which would be wildly embarrassing. She had to get up out of there, get super uncomfortable and go to where Jesus was to have her encounter, all right? So you and I, we need to position ourselves for encounters just here, right? So this, this man, if we go back to Acts 3, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the morning. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day. So this person that wanted this encounter, like he thought he wanted money, it was going to be the encounter that he wanted and, and he didn't get it. He got something way better. But he positioned himself. Now he didn't have feet that worked. So he had people that carried him every single day, right, to the gate called Beautiful. But geographically, he had to go from wherever he was, the scripture doesn't say, but he had to be carried to physically be at the place where he was likely to have his encounter. So you and I, you know, we actually probably need to be a lot more active and and and, and have a lot more touch points with other people, right? And and be a, and move around a whole lot more if we want to multiply our chances of encountering God. Okay. Well, let's let's give you another example. Let's go to Judges, uh, Judges seven. Yeah. So so this is about Gideon, right? And Gideon is is about to um, go up against the Midianites. And the Midianites are a formidable force, right? Reputation's, you know, r really big. And, and, and Gideon is questioning whether he's got what it takes, him and his army, to be able to go down there. So if we go to Judges 7 and we read from Judges 7, 8, it starts with this. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, so remember, Gideon's a bit unsure. So the Lord has an encounter with Gideon and, or, and the other way around. He says to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. So you've got to get up and go down to the camp. Like, like it's so many people are like waiting for God to show up because they're in their office. It's like, yeah, get out of your office and go down to the local networking event and you might have an encounter, right? Get out of your office, right? Or, or, or instead of sitting there doom scrolling through your dumb phone, start ringing customers. You might have an encounter, right? You know, like, like this is what I mean by like have more touch points with, with your business, right? Just be more active and you multiply your chances of having an encounter. So this God, God says to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give them into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the enemy camp with your servant and listen to what they are saying, right? So he had to position himself in a new geographical place to have his encounter. Now, what was the encounter? It says, after you hear them, you'll be encouraged um, to attack the camp. So he said to his uh, servant, 
Let's go to the outpost. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could not be counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. So here's the encounter. The God's lining up a divine appointment for Gideon, right, which is this wonderful encounter. So he's unsure about this, like attacking, you know, the Midianites. He arrives just as a man is was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he said. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that it, the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can mean nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the, Isra- the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up, let's go. Just like the woman with the issue of blood had to get out of her place and go, just like Gideon had to, you know, hear the word from the Lord and go and 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 go into the enemy camp, like hardly hardly a comfortable thing to do. It's not like going down to the local shops. He's gone into the enemy camp, you know, and and uh, and in both of those cases, it was the fresh environment that allowed them to hear what they needed to hear and have their encounter with God. All right. So so here's my summary. If, if you want 2024 to be the year of encounters, you're going to have to get super uncomfortable. And if you thought 2023 was uncomfortable, you need to decide that being uncomfortable is the most comfortable thing you can do if you want to go and have encounters. All right. So this is going to have to be a year where you get even more uncomfortable. Go to environments that you wouldn't normally go to. Take actions that you wouldn't normally take. Go and speak to people that you might be scared to go and speak to. Right. You know, you know take action. Do tasks that you haven't done before. Right. And in that level of activity, you're going to multiply the amount of encounters you have this year. And that's not how most people are. Most people are looking for the easy road. Right. The, the path of least resistance, how they can take the least action and then they hope and pray for an encounter but they never position themselves to be able to have one i want to suggest to you that starting right now at the start of the year you need to constantly be moving constantly taking action constantly touching things and in doing that the lord's going to show up in fresh ways for you than he's never done before but you have to position yourself for an encounter. The third thing that I want to pull from this scripture is that your godly encounter will always produce a godly identity, like more of a godly identity. The more encounters you have in your life, the closer you should be to, you know, your character should be refined through that process so that your character is more like him. Remembering that it is God's job, scripture says, to take us from glory to glory, to get us to be more like him throughout our life. And you know, props to you for choosing business because business is the hardest place to be a believer, right? Out of all the vocations that you can do as a believer, business is the hardest because it's the most corrupt world that you're going into, right? And, you know, it's it's transaction-based, you know, like like very few people agree with you. Like this is this is the place. And and so the journey of business being so hard and so long and so tough is the perfect environment for you to, you know, your character to become more like God. You know, the number one reason why you should be in business is because it's your assignment. The second reason is the person you become, right? The person you become is more valuable than the money or the assets or, or, or the toys that you can have along the journey. They become secondary to what happens in your life. But the more encounters you have, the more chance there is of you refining your character because you see another character of God you can see how that could be implemented in your life and then you just become more like him right so godly encounters produce godly identity I'll, I'll give an example from from this from John 3 
uh, from sorry from Acts three, right? Where the the beggar. If I go to John three, ten, so he's already been healed. He's joined them in the temple. He's walking, praising, singing, and ten says, "This is the other people that witnessed it." Now they recognized him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple gate. Used to, used to. So they knew him as the beggar, and now they can't know him as the beggar. He's the guy that used to beg. His identity has completely changed with the people around him because no longer is like, oh, that's the beggar. Well, no, his identity is not the beggar anymore. (laughs) He's the guy that used to beg. I don't know, have you got some used to's in your own life? I've got some used to's in my own life. I used to be really angry, right? I used to drink too much alcohol. I used to, you know, think too highly of myself. I used to just want to spend all my money on myself. Like there are a bunch of used to's, right? I used to, I used to be so harsh with my words that I could destroy somebody's week with one word. Like I was, I was, I was horrific with my language, you know, back before I was a believer. I've got a bunch of used to's. But then I had an encounter, right? And that stuff falls away. I wonder in your life, what have you got as a bunch of used tos? And if we think about 2024 being the year of encounters, I wonder, I wonder the good, I wonder whether the good things that you experienced in 2023 can actually become used tos because the encounters you have in 2024 refine you and show you so much glory that points to God that they become used tos because your character is refined so much that you are no longer the person that lived through 2023. So you're not meant to be the same. Some of you have family members that think they're picking on you and they make snide remarks like you've changed. When somebody says to you, you've changed, you take that as a compliment. They may not mean it as a compliment, but you take it as a compliment because you're meant to change. You're meant to go from glory to glory. So actually when someone starts throwing the fiery darts of the enemy and and accusing you of changing, you need to say to yourself, perfect, then I'm doing it the right way, right? Because as I change and I become more like him, listen, the, the Bible is offensive to the people of the world. So the more of the Bible you're living out, the more offensive you'll be to the people in the world. Your job is to not then get sucked into pleasing them. Your job is to live for an audience of one and keep, you know, keep chasing after the things of the kingdom. And if you have to leave those behind, well, let the dead bury the dead is what scripture says. Now, I'm not suggesting that you just up and bail from your family, but if they're going to keep throwing these fiery darts, then maybe you need to love them from a distance for a little while because your job is actually to become your identity to become more godly and in doing so you're going to get some accusation but it's meant to be that way and let's make 2024 being the year of encounters the year that you have so many encounters that your character becomes more like him and by the way when your character becomes more like him you can be trusted with more the parable of the meaners talks about how somebody was good with finance and because they were good with finance they were given the true riches of heaven which is people which is influence which is impact all right so as you as your character becomes more like God, he can trust you with more riches, more people, more influence, more impact, and it's going to grow, all right? Live for an audience of one. So my question for you is, will this be your year of encounters? Will you just make a decision that says 2024 is the year that I'm going to touch enough things, I'm going to refine my character, right? I'm going to position myself in a way that it gets it done. I'm going to expect encounters at every single turn, and I'm not going to be upset when the encounter doesn't look like the expected encounter that I was going to have. If that's you, by the way, and you're like, yep, I want that for 2024, then hit me up in the comments. Send me something, 
put an emoji, a fire emoji. You could put a poo emoji in there. I don't care. I just want some comments in the comment section. All right. Now, if you found this valuable, do me a favor. I want you to let me know what's the top one thing that jumped out to you from this Bible for Business broadcast. What's the top one thing? Put it in the comments. Send it to me as a DM, however you want to do it. But I want that feedback loop from you. If you haven't got your ticket yet for Summit, make sure you do kingdombusiness.global. All right, we'll be back with another Bible for Business broadcast real soon. Love you.